Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome to today's episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm your host, Megan Dwyer. So today on the show, I'm sharing my conversation with life coach Roxanne Shaput. Roxanne is just an amazing person with a incredibly realistic and positive perspective on life and happiness. She's so easy to talk to, which you'll see in the conversation, and I think brings her very unique energy and insight to light as we're speaking. So who is Roxanne? Roxanne is a life coach and inspirational speaker whose purpose is to inspire and guide individuals who are in transition to create lasting, sustainable change in their lives and to discover their why to their existence. Most people want to discover the answers they need in order to move forward spiritually, personally, and professionally with absolute purpose and clarity. Her guiding belief is the, is the power of self-awareness as this is the fuel for personal growth, which allows her clients to make positive changes, to find their happiness, and to create their best life. Her mission is to inspire, ignite passion, and empower amazingness within one's own self. In our conversation, we talk about how to find your own inner purpose and what you're designed to do, how to make transformational change, how imposter syndrome is doing the world a disservice, the power of taking tiny little steps to break through the fear, worthiness, and how having the knowledge to think differently can counter any doubt, how it's actually selfless to take care of ourselves, how and why we need to slow down and the importance of releasing and feeling every emotion that we have instead of suppressing them. You guys can follow Roxanne on social media. She's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, all at Life Coaching with Roxanne Chaput, and that's C-H-A-P-U-T. And you can also follow her on her website, Life Coaching with Roxanne Chaput. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy. Here we go. Hi, Roxanne. Welcome to the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm so excited and very honored to be talking with you today. So thank you so much. Thank you, Megan, for having me. So I want to start by having you tell the audience about yourself and your mission in the world. Absolutely. So I am a international inspirational speaker, as well as a life coach. I have several certifications in finding uh, their purpose, uh, transformational changes, enlightened relationships, the law of attraction, cognitive behaviors, emotional intelligence, and so forth. And my mission in the world is to help women, um, mothers alike, to find the why to their existence and not their purpose as in their roles of being a mother or employee or a wife about finding what their soul's calling is. Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> How did you decide to, to start doing this kind of work and, and um, becoming a life coach? Yeah, absolutely. So actually, ever since I was a little girl, I had this deep knowingness inside of myself that I was meant to do something more. I had this calling 
to help others and to have a greater impact on humanity. I didn't fully understand what that entailed. However, all my life uh, challenges and trials and tribulations kind of brought me to being a life coach. I have always helped and guided people my entire life. Ever since I was a little girl, people would just naturally come to me. I worked at the cancer center for um, about 13 years and all of my patients would just confide in me and ask me to guide them. So it was something that I already naturally did. I just didn't understand that it was my gift. And then finally I had an aha moment. I'm like, why am I not helping the world? <laughs> oh, I love that. And it's so true. I mean, I think people just don't so many times are naturally doing this kind of stuff anyway, but don't realize that they have that gift. And right, so right. I'm guessing, and I'd love to, to have you talk more about the, the specific work that you do with women, but how do you help them find out what their gifts are and what their purpose is? Yeah. So really everyone has that answer inside of them. Everyone knows what they're called to do. It's just about canceling the noise, silencing the noise, using a few tools and discovering what they're, what they're designed to do. And what I want to talk about a lot um, here, and this, that I, t- I talk about it in my podcast as well is this idea of confidence and imposter syndrome. And, and uh, we were chatting a little bit beforehand about it, but if you, it, you know, say you know what you're, you, you know, you have this gift, but you are terrified of putting yourself out there. How do you talk through somebody through that? I mean, I think so many times we allow ourselves, especially as women, especially as moms, um, we talk ourselves out of things because it's scary when maybe that is the right, is the path to finding our fulfillment and really being able to embrace life. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about that and how you work with women to kind of move through that. Absolutely. So we all have imposter syndrome. Like I, I don't really, I've never really worked with a client who hasn't had imposter syndrome including myself. Um, I think it all stems from conditioning, uh, what we're brainwashed that we're not worthy of attaining, you know, a certain lifestyle or following through on our true passions and our dreams. I think that that comes with conditioning, the way we were raised, the movies we've watched, the social media that we see. It can, it can stem from anything um, from the way we were parented to, to what we've developed throughout our life. And I think the main focus about imposter syndrome is that if you have a gift and that you truly feel designed and meant to do something and you feel fulfilled doing it, you are doing the world a disservice by hiding your gifts and not sharing them with the world. And when you realize that, um, that you have that confidence and that you have the abilities to do that, because really essentially what confidence is, is is confidence, right? When we have confidence in our abilities and have knowledge to do our abilities well, that's what builds our confidence. It has nothing to do with self-esteem. And a lot of people um, can't differentiate the two. They think that self-esteem goes hand in hand with confidence, but it's not the same thing. Self-esteem is something that, you know, that we think that we're attractive or whatnot, like that, that's different when confidence, when we're talking about confidence, if we don't feel confident, like, like just an example of public speaking, well, once you build that competency level and you practice and then you, you gain that confidence and confidence is, is a muscle and needs to be constantly exercised. And the more you practice it, the better you become at being confident in what you do. And 
just like when I first started, when I first did my podcast, I was so nervous. I, I was so scared because I was like, oh my God, like, how do I tell everybody what I know? Or like, maybe, maybe I don't know everything, but you know what you know, and your knowledge is power and your knowledge helps others and it heals others. And to not share that with the world would be doing the world a disservice. I couldn't agree more. Um, easier said than done sometimes. And, and so I guess that is sort of my, where I want to go next. Like how, how do you, what's the process of working with a client and, and kind of coaching them through in, increasing their confidence and putting themselves out in the world? Um, right. So, whatever that, whatever their goal is, I guess, but ha- yeah, could talk, if you yeah. could talk a little more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's really important. This is why like being a life coach, you can't just really have one certification. This is why I attained so many other certifications in order to strengthen this process for people, because it just doesn't just entail your life purpose It entails everything. It entails your emotional intelligence, your, your negative self-talk, your confidence, your most like, it encompasses everything, the law of attraction and whatnot. But I think when we're dealing with confidence and we're helping women strive to the next level, it's what are you not confident in? Like I, I have them list three things that they don't feel confident in. So some of them, a lot of them is public speaking. Like a lot of them don't want to do videos or do photos of like themselves on their social media platforms uh, is one example. Another example could be that they don't have uh, the confidence to approach clients and to kind of reciprocate that engagement with them or to initiate the engagement. Like there's, there's so many different pockets of confidence that people lack of. So what I do is I have them choose three things. And out of those three things, we do baby steps because you don't need to leap. Like most people who lack that confidence are nervous and are scared. So I think it's just about doing one little task to build that confidence every so often. So if we just, as I gave the example of public speaking or speaking on social media platforms, what I would do is I would get them to do like a reel or to do um, a little one minute video, just introducing themselves and what they do. It's just about breaking through. And as we break through things, we realize it's not so scary. It's not so scary. And then people, and then you, you receive the feedback and you're like, Oh, well, wow. Like I did great. Like, okay, well, I'm going to do the next thing. And then and then you just build from there, right? So it's just it's just taking those baby steps to push ourselves forward because if we don't take action, we're never going to move forward. Totally agree. And that is the whole concept, I think, of my of this podcast. So money isn't scary, you know. And I, I really want to start to embrace it and be open and be vulnerable and talk about my experiences, the things that I'm thinking, the stories that I tell myself in hopes that other people will feel or see a little bit of themselves in that and maybe feel welcome and feel comfortable because the whole idea is to embrace our fears. And, um, and I, I heard this somewhere that you're never, the work is never truly over until the things that you're actually, until you start to look forward to the things that you're currently terrified of. And, and I love hearing, I love, like, that's just something that always sticks in the back of my head. I mean, I, I, I think the whole idea is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and, and once we become uncomfortable, we realize that being uncomfortable is not so uncomfortable. <laughs> right. Right. Well, <laughs> you adapt. That is, right. Like we adapt. <laughs> and, 
and everyone's like, oh, I'm so scared of change and I'm so scared of evolution. But really your whole life has been change and evolution. You've changed so much from being a baby to where you are now. You've went through so many trials and tribulations. Your life has changed dramatically, but you didn't look at it like that. You didn't look at it from 10 years, 15 years of how much you had to change. You looked at it as a positive thing and like, oh, I can't wait to be, you know, a teenager or I can't wait to be an adult and I can't wait to be a mom or I can't wait to, you know, have a career. Well, that's the same thing with any change in our life. We just have to look at the positive things of it, right? Like the positive outcomes that are going to come from this. So when I say, okay, well, okay, girls, like I want you to go do a one minute video. Well, I'm thinking, be excited for the success that's about to come your way. Not about like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be scrutinized or, or judged because who cares if people are judging you? Like, that's not their job anyway. Like, it, it's not going to, it's not going to move you forward if we're always worried that people are going to judge us for, for the things that we do. And if we're not sharing our gifts with the world, we're, like I said, we're doing the world a disservice. And, and I think that that fear of judgment, it stems from culture. I mean, I think that we learn, like you said, I mean, you know, you, we watch TV, we, we are in movies and we're on social media and we're always comparing ourselves. And I think, I think it's like, that is one of the biggest, I think, setbacks or one of the biggest things that, that holds women and keeps them small is this fear of being judged by other people or this fear that somebody is not going to like you because you're, you're putting your true self out there. And, um, yeah, maybe you could talk a little bit more about that and judgment and just and just where that comes from and how you kind of work through that with clients. Yeah, for clients, like for myself personally, I have a don't give a bleep factor. <laughs> Thank um, you for bleeping yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, like I am who I am. I'm here to share my gifts with the world. Either you like me or you don't. That's not my issue. That's not my problem. It's not my responsibility for others to like me. My responsibility is to show people that there's a different way to look at life and to have a different mindset in life and that anything is attainable and that they have an amazingness that lies within them. And that's my purpose. And if you don't like me and if you were going to judge me, then you can unfollow me because my work is not to prove myself to anyone. And I think for other women that I deal with, because judgment is massive because the whole life we've been judged. And as women, we've been judged and scrutinized even more so than, than males on for the most part, right? Like from our looks, from, from what we wear, from what we do as a job, like anything, anything we've been scrutinized being a good mom. Like we're always under the lens, but I think it has to come with how do you feel about yourself inside? And what do you think of yourself? Because that's the only thing that matters. Only you have to live with yourself. They don't have to live with you. Right. And again, I heard something similar to what you were just saying recently about how, you know, you're not, you don't have to be everything for everyone. Right. And I feel like so many women have this expectation when they wake up in the morning that they have to have every single person like them. They have to have a, they have to do everything for everybody that day. And that is, and I guess, the doing equals who we are and, or, or the feedback that we get back. I'm probably not doing the best job of explaining that, but, but I think what we have to realize is that we're only going to please so many people. We can't please everybody. There's not, everybody is going to actually like be in our court with us. And that's, and that's the thing. And this is where the nice girl syndrome kicks in and uh, being a people pleaser is that 
if you're going to people please everyone, you're going to have, you're, you're going to have such an energy drain that you're never actually going to be able to preserve that energy for the things that you truly love and that truly fulfill you like your family and your, your partner or, or your business. Because if you're constantly caring what other people think about you and that you're trying to keep everyone happy, you're going to, you're going to drain yourself to the point where you're going to burn out. And the thing is, it's just, it's just as healthy and just as important to say no than it is to say yes. So I think that people will need to be more mindful of how they're spending their energy and their time, because I'm not going to spend my energy and my time on someone that doesn't appreciate me. And that doesn't fill my energy. And there's no energy exchange because I've already done that. I've already allowed that toxicity to go out of my life. And I think that's important for anybody and not just women, but for anyone, if someone's not adding value to your life, it's time to let it go because you can't grow spiritually or professionally or any, in any other facet, if you're continuously drained and don't have the energy to grow yourself. I think a lot of that comes down to worth. And I've done a whole episode on worth and how we don't feel like we are, we should have, or we should, we deserve whatever it is out there, like the attention or the big job, the family, whatever, whatever it is that, that, that you're striving for. And so maybe you could talk a little bit more about that. I mean, people stay stuck in relationships and really crappy situations because they don't feel that they're worthy uh, of anything better. Yeah. And I was actually very guilty of this before. Like I, I went into like my personal development path and like my self-love journey. I went into a series of unhealthy like relationships and I just, because I never felt worthy of love. I never felt worthy of good love. I never felt worthy of loving myself. Right. And I think that comes with, with time. I think that comes with nurturing yourself and, you know, having that education. And like I say, like knowledge is power and that's your armor, because if you don't have the knowledge to think differently, if you don't have the knowledge to feel differently, you're going to continuously stay in the same path. So for me, it was a lot of self-work and not being the nice girl and learning to say no and learning to stand up for myself and learning to not go into abusive relationship after like one after another. Right. And I think that takes time and that takes work. And for anyone that is struggling with their self-esteem or don't think that doesn't think that they're worth it. Now I know like you counter that thought process. So if I tell myself, okay, like my belief is that I, like, I truly believe like not myself, but I'm just saying as a client, um, I don't feel worthy of good love. Okay. So then I have pillars that would really, you know, it's like a table. It's like having four legs of a table and the tabletop being your belief system. And when your legs are all lies, but you don't understand that they're lies, you know, like you're like, Oh, there's nobody out there for me. Or, um, I just don't deserve good love. This is what, like, this is the best thing that I deserve. This is good enough because he doesn't cheat on me, but he treats me like garbage, you know, like, those are belief systems that build this one belief of a tabletop. And then when we start dissecting the table and giving the table new legs and giving it a new belief system as like, yes, I am worthy of good love. Yes. I'm like that right person is out there for me and, and so forth. So I think when you start ruling out the negative for the positive, then you start really realizing what we've been telling ourselves our entire life or for a good part of our life is actually has been lying. Oh, yeah. due to experiences and due to conditioning and due to, you know, like 
our parents and the mentality, make it work, make it work. You have kids with someone. I was a very unhealthy marriage, you know, and I had three beautiful children, but it was a very, very toxic marriage and I wasn't treated properly at all. And it was like, make it work, make it work for the kids, make it work. But why? And no one's questioning why, you know, why do I have to make this work? Why do I have to make an unhealthy job work? Why do I have to be treated like garbage at work? Why do I have to feel, you know, um, less than at work? Like, why do I have to feel why? Like, and I think that's what we need to start doing is questioning why, why do I have to feel this way? Uh, Totally. And, and we were talking a little bit before this about it's the fairy tale. It's the expectations that we put on ourselves because that's what we were taught from a very young age that we have to have the house and the job and family and, you know, and everything, because that is what, but why? Right. And no, but nobody questions it. You don't question it until maybe you get to a point where you are, where you were and you're just stuck. Yeah. And, um, I'm fascinated by how you, I'd love, I'd love to have you talk a little bit more about how you coached yourself to get unstuck in that situation and what the process looks like when you coach clients to do that. Like what are the specific steps to kind of get to work through that stuckness? Yeah. So there's so many different steps that can be taken just depending on the situation. But if we're like kind of gearing more to my situation of where I had my awakening, I think it, I just had an awakening one day and I, I questioned myself. I'm like, why am I doing this? I have one life to live. Why, why am I unhappy? Why, why am I going to allow this? Why, what, what am I teaching my children? Yeah. What am I teaching my boys? What am I teaching my daughter to be treated like garbage? Yeah. Like, this is what I'm treating them. Like I'm, I'm teaching them that this is okay. Like, and it was just like a wake up call. Like, what the heck are you doing? Wake up, you know? And I woke up and I, I started taking action. I started, you know, having my exit plan and getting my life on track and realizing, and at first you're scared, you're terrified. I'm like, Oh my God, how am I going to make it financially? Like, Oh my goodness. Like, how am I going to do this by myself? But you want to do it. You just do it. And what 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 other people think of you too, because you built this life already. You play a role to so for so many people in their lives. But if that role is not fulfilling you, you don't owe anybody anything. You don't owe anyone anything. You owe something to your soul. Okay. We owe something to our souls. And this is where it's so misconstrued. And there's such a misconception that we owe everybody else, but ourselves. That's such bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's so selfish to think of yourself. No, actually it's selfless because if I'm living a life that's fulfilled and I'm living an amazing life and I have an amazing partner and my children are happy. I think I just made the right choice for my life. I didn't need the criticism. I didn't need to follow someone else's judgment or follow someone else's path because they stayed in an unhealthy marriage for 60 years because they were too scared to leave. Yeah. You know, and if people are going to judge me for it, I don't care because at the end of the day, I am happier. My kids are happier. And now I have an amazing partner that I would have never had if I never left. Yeah. And I I think that's like the ultimate goal, right? Like you're looking at a hierarchy of like enlightenment, like to get to that point where all you care about is being like yourself and being happy and making your, those that you truly care about also making sure that they're safe and happy. Yeah. Yeah. And when I left, everyone supported my decision. Like 
And I didn't think they were going to, but to my like demise and to my surprise, like everybody supported my decision because they realized that how unhappy I was. My mom had told me, she said, after I had left my marriage, she, she had said to me, she said, oh my goodness, I was walking down the driveway to my new place. And she said, I haven't seen that smile in 11 years. Mm. And I was like, cause I was lost. I was lost. I thought I was a mother. I was a wife. I was an employee. There was no me. There was no me. I, I was nowhere to be found. I was just doing these roles and I had no fulfillment. I had no enjoyment in my life except for my children, like obviously, but that's not my enjoyment. That's not my soul being at peace. That's not me feeling fulfilled. And my kids felt that my kids felt that things weren't right. They just couldn't express it. They didn't understand what it was because they never knew anything different until I showed them what true happiness was. And if we keep telling our children or people that we love, you know, to follow their dreams and to live a happy life. And yet we're modeling that we're not following our dreams and we're not living a happy life. Uh, Oh, it's totally like counterintuitive. It's monkey see monkey do. Right. So if if I'm going to teach my kids, like live a happy life, live a holistic life, live a a life that's fulfilled. And I'm doing that. And I'm showing them the example that I'm showing them that it's possible. Well, you do it in your actions, not your words. Yeah. And I think, I think there's something to be said for conformity here too. I mean, so many people will just do what everybody else is doing, even if it's really killing them inside or they're, they, they don't actually want to do it. They're just doing it because that's what they think they should do or that culture has told them to do. And that can follow with you for a long time in your life. I mean, you don't even realize sometimes that you're, you're doing something and it's because, and it's not because you want to do it because, because culture tells you that you should want to do this. Right. And I'm not even using a good example, uh, but I'm talking more generically, but I think that's something that women and moms, again, in particular, get so caught up in. And we have to really be true and honest with ourselves. And that is a hard thing to do, again, because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to admit that you want something that's different than everyone else wants or has. And the, and the crazy thing is, Megan, is that most people don't even want this. Most people don't even want the marriage that they're in. They don't want the life that they're in. They don't even want the lifestyle that they're in. So many people do not want that, like their life. Like I have so many clients, like if I got to choose my life all over again, this is what I would do differently because most people are unfulfilled in their life because they're doing, they're going with the masses. They're, they're doing what they were conditioned to do. They're, they're doing what they've been brainwashed to do. They're doing what they been experienced to do. Like they saw their parents, you know, maybe have an unhealthy marriage or just not have a great marriage or have, you know, or, or be a single mom so that, you know, like it it just, it ranges from so many different things. And that's where our belief systems stem from. And our core beliefs really come into effect from the age from zero to five. And after that time, then it just becomes our own belief system where we start construing evidence and we build evidence to support a case, right? We, to, to support a thought process, which isn't right because in somebody else's household, their life is completely different and they have everything that they want and they feel fulfilled. But if you've never seen that growing up, you don't know that that's possible Mm -hmm. until you start questioning why. Why do I need this? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to get married? Why do I have to buy a house? Why? Like, those are the things that we need to start questioning because 
we were just told to do. It's always, they said, they, they told us to do this. This is what people do. Like, but why? And when people don't question things and we're just going with the flow, well, then that's how you lose yourself because you're not staying true to yourself. Yeah. It makes so much sense. So how, how do you, what does the process look like if you had a client that was going through that same kind of situation? What are some of the action steps, like the key takeaways that, that you would have them work on themselves in order to make, to kind of come to that, I guess, enlightened position where they know where they want to go next. Right. So like in any aspect of their life, is that kind of what you're, yeah, whatever they're struggling with. So whatever the particular issue is that they're, that yeah. they, where they feel stuck. So I'm very, I'm a very soulful life coach. I'm a, like, I'm very, uh, <laughs> I'm very about spirituality, but, and I believe like I am accepting of anyone who believes in anything else, but I do believe that we do have the answers inside of us, but it's just, we have so much noise around us that it's hard to get that clarity and it's hard to hear ourselves what we, we truly want. And I think it's really important that when you're at a crossroads of your life or something doesn't feel right, question it, question it, interrogate why it doesn't feel right. Or when we have negative self-talk that we're not good enough or that I can't be the next successful millionaire, I can't be the next Tony Robbins, why can't I? You know what I mean? Like where, where's this belief system coming from and how can I correct it? And how can I, how can I, you know, figure out what's true out of that belief system and what's actually just been conditioned into me or brainwashed into me and, and, and this, and dissect the lies of it. And I think once we do that and we realize what the actual truth is and the reality is, it allows us to move forward even more. So when we take those steps and we start dissecting what we've been told or what we feel, you know, what we've experienced to not be true, then it allows us to think a little bit differently and to go on a different path. Yeah. I say all the time on the podcast that I I reference shopping at Target a lot and how I do that as a way to escape. And I don't even know what I'm, I may not need anything, but then I walk out a hundred dollars later with stuff that (laughs) I I just, right. And I mean, everybody does it, right. It's a culture thing, of course. And so you feel like it's okay because it's a culture thing, but I talk a lot about kind of reshifting that and, and the mindset around that and, and maybe thinking more like a, going there more with intention and saying, you know, at least having, when when we start to act and behave with intention and more in alignment with how we want to feel and what, what we're thinking, then it doesn't feel as overwhelming. It doesn't, there's there, it eliminates that aspect of shame, right? If you go and spend a hundred dollars that you didn't mean to, It, it just starts to feel a little different, the, the way that you do it, the process behind it. And so I talk about quieting down a little bit, like tuning into ourselves and what our bodies really want and what our minds really want and what we're craving in that instance. And for me, maybe it's not shopping. It's just or something like that, that it's, that I feel. And so it's hard to do in this crazy, busy, chaotic world that we live in, especially if you've, if you're in a world where you've got kids and distractions everywhere, but it's so important to do it. And this is where the power of nature really comes in because even when 
so really essentially what you're doing is you're going there to get a mental break and you're get you're going there to have some solace some time to yourself some time to not think about everything that's happening in the household or your job or whatnot right like we all have something that releases that but when you become to when you have a spiritual awakening and you become awoken that that perspective shifts because you're not you're not shifting to an it's not an addiction because that's not the right word, but you're not shifting to, to something that has to make you feel like shit after you do it or make you feel guilty after doing it. What you're doing is we're regrounding yourself by, you know, maybe going barefoot on the grass and just regenerating your energy and getting the energy from the earth and resetting your chakras, right? There, there's many ways, but the power of nature is significant because, really just by watching nature and watching birds and actually just quieting the mind and allowing those things to happen and to flourish around you or to even go for a hike by yourself or go for a little walk by yourself and not bring your phone, not have any distraction, no noise and just resetting yourself to a calm place. That's true regeneration because when we go to a store and we do, it's a little bit of a regeneration, but it's not because then you're, you're exchanging it for a different feeling and the feeling is not that great typically. Right. So when I think when people are like re-energizing themselves, like even doing meditation and meditation may not be for everyone or doing yoga, something that includes their deep breathing, actually realigning their chakras and not adding to the problem because that's just a band-aid. And when we go shopping or we have retail therapy or if we have a glass of wine, like that's, that's, that's not the same. It's not the same because it's just putting a band-aid on, on the solution. Totally. It's just creating, it's not solving the root of the issue, right? No. It's just, it's just almost creating more problems by- um, Now you have a financial stress. Well, right. Now you have financial stress and there's shame around it. Cause half the time I would buy stuff at Target and I come home and then I'm like, what did I even buy? And what did I buy? Like, do I need this? Like, do I right. really- Right. Yeah. And then it's, you know, if it's a whatever pair of shoes that I, that were on sale and they're just sitting in my closet and I don't even wear them. And it's, it's, and it's forgot. a temporary feel good. It's a temporary feel good. It's a little right? hot. Yeah. 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 Where, where I feel like when you're re-energizing your soul, it's, it's a permanent feel good. And as the more we practice it, the more fulfilled we become within ourselves. And I think that's an incredible thing. And it's an incredible feeling once we get to that level and everyone is capable of it. Everyone can do it. It's, it's not rocket science, you know, it, it's very, very easy, but it just takes the practice. And it's just like yoga, it's just like working out, you have to practice the muscle in order to strengthen it. And once we start practicing those things and healthy habits, it becomes incredible. The release becomes incredible. Yeah, it's just forming that it takes time at, to form building a new habit. And a lot of times you have these expectations, especially somebody who's a recovering perfectionist like myself, where everything's sort of black and white and you think it's like you flip a switch. You think yeah. all of a sudden that it, you, know, you start the this, you start practicing something and you should be good at it by next week. But no, it is a process and you're going to fall and you're going to hurt yourself and you're going to get back up. You're going to fall again and you're going to, it just, it takes time. And it's just the same thing. Like if you think about like when we were babies, right? Like how many, how many times did it take for us to fall before we could walk? You know, it's just a process. It's just, and 
we're just, we're just so hard on ourselves, but we weren't hard on ourselves when we were children. You know what I mean? When we didn't know better, we didn't know. We, we just did it because that was what we were supposed to do because we wanted to walk so badly. And it's the same thing with any aspect of life and anything that we're learning is that just allow yourself to take the time. And when your body and when your mind is ready or spiritually, like it will, it will come to you. It will naturally flow to you. You don't have to rush it. Things that are rushed never come and they're never good when they do come. So when we take our time and we practice it properly and we, you know, get the form right and all those things, that's what makes it more incredible. Yeah. I love, I love the reference to kids, the analogy, because like they are kids just teach us so much. Oh my goodness. They are just like personal growth on steroids. And I just, they're so smart. And so many times I did, I talked about this in an episode once before, but how kids are just, a lot of times people just dismiss them and Mm -hmm. things that, oh, you're just young. You don't know any better. You don't know what you're thinking. You don't understand this, but like, I think they actually do. I think they know more than we do sometimes because they're, they're, they haven't been conditioned. They haven't been conditioned and they haven't been brainwashed yet. And they haven't been really susceptible to too much life experience at this point where they feel like they need to be judged. Like think about when we were kids, like we would run around, skip around, sing whenever we wanted to dance, wherever we wanted to. But now if we do that, oh my goodness, we look like a weirdo, you know, like, or she's, what, what did she have to drink or anything? Like we can't even be spiritually free. And that's the thing without being a child, right? You're allowed to be spiritually, it's acceptable. But when you're adult, why is it not acceptable anymore? Why can't I sing in Walmart? Why can't I, you know, have a little dance when I feel exuberated or super happy about something like why? And it's because we're so conditioned. Don't do that. Like our parents like, Oh, don't, don't act like that. Be nice. Be nice. Be nice. Do this, do that. Right. And these are things like what we're talking about before about conditioning is that we really need to start assessing these things and, really coming true if this is actually true or is this just part of conditioning to be in society yeah I I was just gonna add I I mentioned this before that the same thing like when you're mad like kids like they have temper tantrums and it's completely acceptable for them to just throw themselves on the ground kicking and screaming and losing it right but it's not for us and, and so, but like, what if we, I mean, you're not going to necessarily do that, but what if we did? <laughs> like, maybe when we are angry and we are frustrated, maybe oh. if we did just close the door and yell, feel better. right? We, like, we allow really ourselves to, to, to physically like do something with yeah. our bodies, like punch a pillow or like whatever, go, go do whatever it, you works for you. If we allowed ourselves to do that, then maybe we would actually like move through it quicker. It wouldn't just, yeah. cause it's good. It comes and goes, but maybe, maybe it would allow us to move through that pain and that feeling faster. And we wouldn't just kind of push it down. Right. And we, we, we would have an emotional release instead of a suppression. Right. And then we wonder why so many people are depressed and so many people have anger issues because everything's been suppressed because they've never been able to properly channel it, yeah. you know? And I think like, it's like, we forget that we were a caveman, like back in the day, like that's what would happen. Like, or, or someone upset you, like, you know, we, like, it's just like guys, like men, like women, you know, we hold things a little bit more, but men, like as soon as usually if they have a physical fight, they're able to release it because they've actually released it mm-hmm. where women will hold it for 20, 30 years and will hold a grudge and resentment and all these things because we've suppressed all these feelings inside of us. Mm-hmm. And I just, 
I don't fully agree with how we're told to be able to deal with our emotions. I think it's important to feel absolutely every emotion that we have. And we have over 27 emotions. And I think it's healthy to feel every single one of them. And to tell our kids like, oh, stop crying or this and that. No, let them release themselves. And when they're done, they feel a thousand times better. It's like it never even happened, you know, and they don't remember it in a week from now. And then you wonder why your kids are anxious and they don't have depression because you're allowing them to channel through their emotions. They're not holding on to it. You're absolutely right. And there is no better feeling in my mind than the feeling after a good cry. Yeah. It's but true. I, I feel like we, um, as a culture need to do it more. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think that would help with a lot of the mental health issues that are arising. I think that's part of it. Like, I don't think it's fully exactly what it is. I think there's a lot of suppression there from other different things, but I think it's important. And I have seen grown ass men or, you know, women have temper tantrums. It wasn't pretty. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like, Ooh, anger issues. No, they're actually releasing themselves and (laughs) they feel better afterwards. You know, like, there's a stigma around you stigma. Know, being composed and, you know, and, and behaving a certain way in our culture. And I mean, it's, it's so fascinating when you think about it, how counterintuitive the cultural norms are versus what our bodies and like our souls really want to do. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. Um, so as we wrap up, I have one more question for you. I would love to um, have you, if you could leave one piece of advice to our audience, what would it be? My one piece of advice would be that you have an amazingness inside of you and it's time to let her out. I love it. That's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Can you please tell everybody how they can find you and follow you and all the awesome work that you're doing in the world? Yes. Awesome. Thanks, Megan. Um, they can find me on Facebook at Roxanne Shiplett, Life Coaching with Roxanne Shiplett. I have also a website, uh, Life Coaching with Roxanne Shiplett as well. And I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, pretty much LinkedIn everywhere. <laughs> Thank you so much. It, this has been such an, an, a pleasure talking with you and you have inspired me and I know that you have inspired the audience as well. So thank you. I appreciate you being here. Awesome. Thank you, Megan.